Hello everyone, I'm Aino Arbitu and this is Moving Forward, the podcast powered by SEA to talk about innovation, technology, industry, and all those issues that play a fundamental role in improving society. Mobility is changing, connectivity, sustainability, electrification, search solutions, and even the COVID-19 pandemic have impacted the way we move and interact with the cities we live in. But how will all these factors shape the future of mobility? To answer these questions, we have with us two experts in mobility. Lucas Casasnovas, welcome home here at Casa Seat. ¿Qué tal, Lucas? Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> very well. Bienvenida tú también. Thank you. Lucas Casasnovas is Managing Director of Seat Mo, Seat's brand for electric and connected urban mobility solutions. He's passionate about micromobility trends and innovation. And we also have with us John Moaben Sade. Hello, John. It's a real pleasure to have you here with us. Welcome. Likewise. It's great to be here in this beautiful city. Thank you, John. Moaben Sade is Turbo Mobility Executive Director at MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He's an expert in urban mobility, global transportation systems, and innovative mobility. So, welcome to you both. Thank you. Muchas gracias. So let's start talking about the current situation. Where are we right now in terms of mobility, John? I think we're at a tipping point. Uh, and the biggest manifestation of that is that electrification, a technology that has been around for a hundred years, as old as the automobile itself, now is finally starting to really take off. Um, and that is a very, very uh, significant uh, shift. And we can talk more about why that's happened, but it definitely is a very significant and important development. Um, I think the debate around equity in transportation has also uh, changed, evolved over the past few years. Uh, there's a greater awareness of for whom do we build a mobility system? Sort of who is really the, the customer and what service are we, are we trying to provide? And I would also say we're a little bit at a reality check where we have uh, sort of uh, gone through this tremendous hype around autonomous vehicles. Uh, now we're in a little bit of the autonomous vehicle hangover, but long term, I will contest that autonomous vehicles will truly be transformational for the mobility system. So a number of different factors confronting the mobility space right now. Any factor to add, Lucas? Where are we now in terms of mobility? Well, I think uh, uh, the situation that we have right now is uh, completely different than the one uh, we had one year ago. Or before pandemic, there was a situation, pandemic has accelerated everything. All the changes that we were forecasting in the mid and long term, suddenly they will happen in the short term. And uh, we see this, uh, uh, we were forecasting your uh, individual uh, urban mobility, in the long term, now with the COVID situation that uh, people were somehow afraid of uh, taking public transport, for example, then people were taking or uh, owning, starting buying uh, individual uh, mobility devices, for example, in the cities. So everything that was forecasted in the future, now we have it already in the cities. And I have to say, uh, this has shocked all of us uh, from administration to companies to citizens. And uh, now we have to put a little bit of uh, 
order and planning in all the things in order to make it sustainable for the future. And Lucas, as you say, we are still in, in this global pandemic, and this has something to do with how mobility is changing, as you both said. Uh, in this sense, how has COVID affected uh, mobility? Well, uh, I think uh, COVID has affected in several ways. I would say one of them is uh, that uh, people is more focused on individual mobility. Uh, because of the fear of uh, getting uh, the infection of the COVID. So focus on individual mobility. Uh, this is one thing. Second thing is that uh, also, unfortunately, COVID has uh, also uh, in many countries increased the economical crisis, let's say this. Then the uh, purchasing power of most of the population has decreased. So they cannot afford to uh, buy a car, for example, as before the pandemic. And then uh, all these people, of course, they still need to move from A to B. And uh, without owning the vehicle, then they are looking for sharing uh, solutions. So uh, we think uh, the trend now or what we are uh, or what we see is that uh, the, is taking off the individual mobility and also the sharing mobility uh, compared to previous to pandemic. John, everything changed so much uh, with COVID and mobility. I completely agree with everything that Lucas just said. I, I think an interesting way to frame the question is not how did COVID change mobility, but how did COVID change the things for which we use mobility? Because, you know, if you take a step back, you can say, really, does mobility even matter? Right. What what matters to people is access, access to education, access to employment, access to health care. So that to me is a very interesting question to ask is how has covid impacted all of those things for which we consume mobility? And I think a very good example <laughs> is office work. Right. I mean, obviously there are and there continue to be jobs that are you cannot work from home. You have to be physically present. But a very substantial portion of the global economy relies on work that now could potentially, or at least some of it, take place remotely. We've all become more comfortable with these digital tools. And I do think we'll see a shift there, which will impact the demand for mobility uh, within, within cities. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, if I may, so what I think as well is that... Uh the, the, the pandemic uh, has uh, changed so many things, and uh, also from the social point of view. Because uh, as uh, John was saying, so now people are working more from home, so with home office, so the need for the, let's say the old mobility, taking the car, driving in, in downtown to the office, uh, looking for a parking space, so it's no longer needed or less needed, let's say like this. On the other hand, we have been used now to work from home, but also having dinner and lunch at home. So then food delivery and so on. So uh, parcel delivery is uh, also uh, increasing the importance. And then we are socializing much more at home now. So even then we were, or we were used, especially in the South and European country, let's go to the restaurant, let's go to a party, I don't know, in what bar or disco. And now we do it everything at home. We invite friends at home, we invite family at home. So also the society is changing now, not only mobility, but society and our behavior. So, and then mobility needs shift from 
uh, personal transportation to goods transportation to the last mile logistics, which is then also a fascinating transformation in the cities, which somehow uh, we are still not prepared to. Uh, yes. We have to rethink how we want to plan this yeah. very fast because it's reality already. This is a hugely important shift that the, the strain, the demand for goods mobility, for every vehicle that comes off the road that was moving a passenger, now we're adding a vehicle or some measure of that's moving a good, whether it's a meal to be delivered or an e-commerce delivery. And that does pose that, you know, continued challenge of uh, conge congestion and overwhelming demand in the mobility system. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As you said at the beginning, John, electrification is key on the current transformation. How is it shaping the urban mobility? Well, it's it's shaping the urban mobility uh, clearly from you know from an infrastructure perspective you know we need to build out the the charging uh, the public charging infrastructure so the landscape uh, for transportation systems is is making that shift from petrol diesel to electrification and this will be a, a long term uh, shift. Uh, you know, electrification, electrified vehicles have always been very well suited for urban transport applications because of the, you know, the initial limita limitations in the range of electric vehicles. Um, so, you know, I don't think we'll, we'll see a tremendous change there. Electrification does enable some changes in the form factor of vehicles. And, you know, Lucas, the types of things that you're working on focused on totally different concept from, let's say, what SEAT would have been thinking about vehicles you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. These are completely different products. And I think seeing that introduced into the, into the, the, the urban landscape, having that mix, that opportunity for consumers to use those vehicles is a very exciting development. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, from my point of view, we will have two, uh, three challenges, basically. One is that people will have to get used to drive electric cars. Until now, we were used to drive petrol or diesel engine cars, and most of them with manual gearbox. It's a very, very easy thing. Now we have to shift to electric and automatic gearbox. This is the first change that people will have to have in mind. Second is that uh, people that don't want or cannot afford to buy an electric car, then they will uh, have to get used to use uh, shared mobility. So uh, car sharing, motor sharing, whatever sharing possibilities. Uh, and this is thanks now to the technology, the digital technology. Uh, uh, I think we have done a big jump as well in this field. And uh, now it's relatively easy for all of us, even for older people, to use technology. So uh, also this pandemic has led to older people can WhatsApp, can order <laughs> food by, <laughs> with a mobile phone, everything. So even older people now digitalize. And then the third thing for me is urban planning. So we need uh, charging infrastructure. How uh, will it look like? We will have the city plenty of charging stations. So it will be, let me say, a kind of a mess in, in the city. Uh, so how do we plan this charging infrastructure? And second, how do we plan this now last mile logistics, which came here during pandemic. Now we are used to just with a click to order something and I have it at home and not as let me say like this, not as Amazon Prime in 24 hours, but now there are companies that 
promise you to deliver the goods in 15 minutes. So yep. the logistics in the city will be amazing uh, or will uh, get a, an amazing transformation in the upcoming months, not years, not even years, months. So I think these three topics are the, the biggest challenges now. Yeah. And any, and any new talent to it? Well, just to build on the third one, which we've talked about, uh -huh. the shift toward good, goods mobility, you know, I, the challenge is buying toothpaste, one tube of toothpaste over Amazon or some sort of e-commerce delivery and having a specialized vehicle come to your home, to your apartment, your house with one tube of toothpaste. And so, you know, I think there, there needs to be some sort of evolution in the business models of, of these companies and in our own behavior about how we consume goods mobility. And I think we'll, we'll see that. I think another really exciting both challenge and opportunity related to urban mobility is the question of integration. So I, I often say that I think it is the, what, what you could call the holy grail of transportation. By integration, I mean connecting the various modes of transport, a scooter, taking the metro, taking the ride share, using your own personal use vehicle, connecting those modes so that a trip becomes completely seamless, completely transparent uh, from a payments perspective, from you know exactly where to go. I mean, this is an amazing city and you have so many international visitors coming here every single year. And for them to land and know from the airport, there's the metro, I can take the metro and then this is the way, these are the options that I have to get around the city and they don't have to worry about the hassle of payments in a different currency, etc. That I think is a really, really exciting area to look at over the next few decades in, in transportation systems. So John, with this new outlook, um, are we talking about the end for cars or will they just evolve in the way they are used? We're definitely not talking about the end of cars. We're talking about an evolution in the business model behind cars. And, uh, you know, cars have served us very, very well. Uh, there, of course, are these externalities, you know, the negative externalities, the climate, the impact on climate change and vehicle related fatalities and so forth. Those challenges, I think, are partially addressed through uh, new business models built around the automobile. So if we're talking about urban mobility, you could argue it, you know, the personal use automobile is really not the optimal solution for dense urban centers. Uh, so, you know, it's a very expensive asset. You utilize it at best 5% of the time. You pay for parking. The vehicle is designed for extremely high speeds on the highway that are often used. The vehicle has a capacity for four or five, six passengers, which often are not in the vehicle and so forth. But the car itself is an amazing product and will continue to be part of the transportation system, even in dense urban areas, but perhaps under a different business model where it is a shared use system. It is operated by a fleet operator rather than me just personally owning my car. And that enables more choice, if you think about it. 
the car that you use to go skiing in the mountains over the weekend with your family is a very different car than what you use to get to the office on a Tuesday morning. So to the extent that business models can address that consumer choice, to the extent that integration can enable that choice in a way that's easy for us, that to me is the, the future of urban mobility. So uh, I, I agree with you. So uh, I don't see the end of the uh, car cars. industry, <laughs> of the cars. We still get uh, or we still have families with uh, children that we need to, uh, we want to go to grandma's uh, to visit our grandma. Uh, so we will need or we go to Ikea, we want to buy some furnitures. So we will need the cars still or we want to go on holidays. Um, but um, what I do see is that, uh, as you said, this integration, integration of mobility systems, a uh, uh, multimodal uh, system. But here I have to say, I think that uh, if we talk about kick scooters, e-scooters, uh, cars, we have already this flexibility with platforms, car sharing, motor sharing, and so on. What I think is now we need a, a, bigger, a big transformation on the public transport. Yeah. The public transport is a huge infrastructure, uh, still relative unflexible. We yeah. now are used to, I, I need it, I want it. And uh, then you are uh, waiting for the bus, uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, then it takes too long and uh, it does not uh, leave you at the door where you want to go. So uh, I think the public transport will have to do a shift as well in order to reduce investment, but also to cope better with the needs of the citizens in the city. And then if we digitalize as well the public transport and we integrate with the private multimodal or with the sharing platform, then we will have something really big in the cities. Lucas, I completely agree with that. And it, it, it's important not to understate the significance of public transportation systems as part of the urban mobility solution. Um, a few years back during sort of the peak of autonomous hype, there were many folks saying that, you know, we're all going to move around cities in autonomous shared pods and we're no longer going to need the metro system. You know, I, I have often said that that, that is you know, a false assumption to think that you can take the entire population of the London tube, bring them up to the surface of the streets of London, put them into autonomous pods and think that you're going to have a better mobility solution. You will not. So the point is that public transportation is an essential component for any city's urban mobility solution. And you're right. Many of these systems have been slow to adapt to understand the, the changes about and to address this challenge of, of integration. Some cities are, are very much leading in that, though, and I expect to see more follow. Yeah. So, For example... Well, I, cities. <laughs> well uh, you know, I, I think Singapore is exemplary. The Hong Kong system has has done wonders. Um, uh, some some of the Barcelona is is known as as a as a very respectable uh, public transportation system. So. And uh, what I think is that if uh, if we really uh, achieve to electrify all the vehicles, let's say this, integrate them. So then we will have a much more optimized fleet in the city uh, and then optimized and electrified will mean for the citizens and for all of us at the end, uh, for the ones that we live in the cities, l less vehicles, yep. less noise and much better uh, air uh, yep. uh, so, and no pollution. 
So and no noise. And so, and uh, there's there's another dimension to electrification that we didn't touch on, which is you know vehicle to grid technology. The idea of using elect the batteries of electric vehicles as a distributed storage mechanism in our energy grid. Uh, it has a ways to go, but it is a very very exciting opportunity to fundamentally address the climate challenge. So just to finish, how can mobility companies contribute to making, as you're saying, a greener ecosystem? I, I think that the key word for mobility companies and infrastructure companies and energy companies it, it, and the entire ecosystem is partnership. And I think what we've seen is Some companies on the quest to become the Amazon of personal mobility. And I personally see some challenges with that business strategy uh, because transportation is inherently a combination of physical assets like vehicles and roads and bridges and so forth and digital assets. Partnership. <laughs> yeah, a partnership is absolutely key. And I think what SEAT is doing, the fact that we're here right now in this building, having this conversation, reaching out to members of the community is absolutely the right strategy. And also expanding your vehicle portfolio and thinking outside the box. <laughs> Thank you, John. So uh, what, uh, what we think really is that... Uh, What we need uh, is uh, also to have a, a common vision. So, uh, because uh, what we had so far was uh, several uh, 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 car manufacturers or, uh, or car uh, companies competing against each other, merging, mm -hmm. and then trying to get the best group, automotive group of the world, or the second, or the third, or the fifth. But uh, Uh, from my point of view, what we need is a common vision. Where do we want to bring mobility in the future? And, uh, and here, okay, uh, I think also uh, Europe in this case, uh, uh, this is what I know most, uh, not so much uh, US or China, but Europe I know most, is, uh, for example, now there are from the European Union very clear decisions where we want to go. 100% electrified, um, no emissions, no noise. So really focusing on digital and green technology. So now there is a vision, and then we have to follow. The ones that we want to play in urban mobility, we have to follow. And uh, if we have this common vision, then we all work together, not against each other, but together. Then I think what we always say, uh, keep moving for a, better, for a better world. So, but we have to keep moving together. So let's keep moving together. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to have you both here in Moving Forward um, to chat with you here at Barcelona's Mobility Hub, Casa Sead, and to find more things about the urban mobility with experts like, like you, John, Mauven Sade, and Lucas Casasnovas. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you. to you all. <laughs> Hasta pronto. Hasta pronto. Sí. <laughs> And a big thanks to our listeners for choosing us. Thank you all for listening. Moving forward, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. You can find us on Spotify and other digital platforms and the SEAT social media channels. I'm Ainoa Arbizu, so keep moving forward. Mm -hmm.